Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Thursday, March 9th. The Bank of Canada has announced it is holding the line and will keep its key interest rate at 4.5% following six bumps to the rate over the past 12 months. So what will it take to bring Canada's interest rates back down to earth? We get the thoughts of Bruce Celery, CEO of Credit Canada. Earlier this week, the CEOs of Canada's biggest grocery store chains faced questions from the House of Commons about making record profits while many Canadians struggle to put food on the table. We catch up with Sylvain Charlebois, director of the Agri-Food Analytics Lab at Dalhousie University, for his thoughts on the current sky-high prices and whether the major grocery chains are, in fact, benefiting financially from cash-strapped Canadians. Still on the topic of so-called grocery gouge, the mornings with Sue and Andy team hit the grocery stores this week to figure out which of the major chains offers you the best bang for your buck when it comes to shopping for the staples. And the results may surprise you. Unlike the U.S., the Bank of Canada has decided to hold the line and not raise interest rates any higher, for now anyway. Joining us to discuss this and the financial woes facing Canadians is our good friend Bruce Celery, CEO of Credit Canada. Hello again, Bruce. Hello again, Andrew. Good to talk with you. And it's kind of a theme that we're running this morning, trying to keep some more dollars in your pocket. A little later, we're going to do our grocery cart comparison. But let's start with that rate that's been going nowhere but up, uh, well, until now. Uh, with that 4.5% hold announced by the BOC, what does this say about inflation in our nation? We're making some progress. We're making some progress. I'm not seeing it in the grocery aisle yet, mm-hmm. but in terms of the numbers that the the central bank looks at, they are seeing some progress. So this is good news. I mean, we have spoken before that this uh, about the moves that they're making and the medicine we have to take in order to get inflation under control. It's critical for consumers because prices are ridiculous, and it's critical critical for businesses too that they have some predictability about the costs of various things. So it's the right medicine, it sure is painful and let's hope this pause holds for a while so people can just take a breath. The worst news I just heard today Bruce is that girl guide cookies are going up a dollar a box. What? That's how we know things have gotten really bad. How are really you not bad. leading with this? <laughs> this needs breaking news Agreed. banners and music. Agree. If something needs to be done. Okay, let's talk about the 4.5%. Still a lot higher than the Bank of Canada's target. So, you know, how, what are they going to do more or just hope that it does it on its own to bring the interest rates and inflation back down? Well, so the inflation target for the Bank of Canada is 2%. And we have seen uh, inflation increases in the 6, 7, 8, 9% range. So we've got a while to go, but it is a very, very tough balance here because uh, they want to slow the economy, but not stop the economy. That would be a really bad thing. And they've got one tool. Rates is the one tool. And inflation has about 40,000 causes right now. And we've talked about so many of them, Ukraine and supply chain and, you know, um, contaminated lettuce and avian flu on eggs. Like there's just so, so, so many things that are, are putting a pressure on putting pressure on prices. And it's a global thing. I think one of the challenges that Canadians have is they go to the grocery store and they want to uh, rail against the grocery stores or they want to rail against other places in which they are paying higher prices. And the uh, factors are much, much more complicated. And in fact, compared to other countries, our inflation rate isn't as bad. Mm -hmm. 
Well, one of the things, you know, and again, we want to continue to talk about the Bank of Canada and, you know, could we see another increase? But you mentioned groceries again. And I want to yeah. ask you this, just your opinion, an expert opinion, Bruce, if you don't mind, put on your expert hat because you're usually wearing that. Um, mm. Unless you're on vacation and then it's kind of a visor I've seen you wear. Um, <laughs> yes. But w- within this parliamentary committee, um, I was interesting that uh, Law Blah CEO uh, Galen Weston came out and said that they only make, they only make $1 per $25 of groceries sold. Uh, can you get behind that? Do you think there's truth within that statement? So I don't have the exact quote, but I will tell you, here's where my expertise comes from. I started my career in traditional package goods marketing. I sold to Loblaws 1,001 years ago. I sold to many of the retailers and the margins are razor thin. They are razor thin. So when you're looking at how do you become profitable as a drugstore, as a grocery retailer, things are A, very, very tight on margins and B, extraordinarily competitive. So a retailer's ability to raise prices is hampered by the fact that the retailer down the block is not and consumers are smart. They're going to compare prices. So, uh, you know, I don't think there's a lot to the notion that the retailers are greedy, margins are razor thin, and the cost of inputs to all the products that they put on their shelves have been have been rising. So, yeah, I, I, I have been uh, someone who's been trying to push through pricing back in the day on boxes of facial tissue and we had to do that because pulp was more expensive nobody likes it people aren't happy about it but uh this is the way things work so i mean and it's at 6 35 this morning we're going to do a comparison we all went to the different grocery stores and, and picked up the same item so we'll compare prices in just a bit but you know on that note when you look at if so one grocer can't hike rates because it would be terribly obvious but what if everybody is just even a little bit because of the inflation and all the crap they're going through right now they could try. It would be impossible to coordinate those efforts. There were price-fixing cases 10, 15 years ago. Um, those were uh, illuminated. Those were punished. And I think the system has changed. So I I believe in the, it's called the efficiency of markets. And that's people like uh, maybe you, certainly me, who behave like hunters when they go shopping. Like I can tell you the price of milk and I know what it is at store A versus store B. And that competitive dynamic, uh, I think, helps keep the retailers in line. If you're not happy with the price at store A, go to store B. Mm. That is your right. Go to store B, be a astute shopper, shop the flyer, understand the difference between a high-low strategy and EDLP, and um, really work hard to ensure that you get the best value for the price you are paying for the groceries you need to feed your family. All right, back to the Bank of Canada and that key interest rate holding steady at 4.5%. We brought you in and said, well, for now anyway, uh, whereas our neighbors down to the south, the U.S. has signaled they intend to continue to raise interest rates. Let's talk about if they do, uh, you know, the effect here and how closely our uh, economy is tied to the U.S. If they bump up, do you think we have another one coming? Uh so complicated. So uh, I would say the big dynamic with uh, rates continuing to move in the U.S. versus holding firm in Canada is a currency dynamic. So the Canadian dollar, it declines. If the U.S. raises rates further and Canada doesn't, the Canadian dollar declines. That makes imports more expensive. It makes exports less expensive. So again, so many variables here. Um, what 
Tiff Macklem is uh, paid to do is keep Canadian inflation in check. And that is a very, very difficult game. So I think the biggest factor is the health of the U.S. economy for Canada. It's, it's enormous. They're our biggest trading partner, of course. And they're going to manage their monetary policy as they do. But they're under similar, if not even more pronounced pressure to keep the economy on track. So it's the Goldilocks, not too hot, not too cold. If it uh, continues to stay hot, there are so many problems because of rising inflation. If it gets too cold, of course, there's a whole bunch of other problems, including weakness in the labor market. But we're not seeing that. We'll, we'll see what the next jobs report uh, shows. But that's a part of the, I'm using air quotes, it's part of the problem. We are not seeing um, the jobless rate move. And it kind of needs to move a bit because right now we're at uh, full employment, basically, mm. in Canada and the U.S. Well, Bruce, I know you have a crystal ball. So, uh, you know, yeah. as we look forward, other things are starting to come down. The food is not. Will we see the prices at the grocery store start to drop slightly, a little bit, not at all? I, I don't think we're going to see much of movement on the price of groceries. Here's what I think we can hope for and I think we can expect is they won't continue to rise. Because remember, when you're looking at an inflation number, it's not talking about the prices currently. It's talking about the change in prices. So when you see that 8% inflation, that is versus a period in the past. So it may be that we hover at these levels uh, on pricing for a while now. In some categories, this is the new price. This is the new price price of stuff. So I don't hold an expectation that that basket of goods is going to suddenly, you know, be 10% cheaper. I don't think that's going to happen in the in the short term, maybe not even the medium term. I think as Canadians, we need to adjust how we think and how we spend, because um, these may well be the new prices. Just think about it in a restaurant context. You've reprinted the menus. You reprinted the menu. So the new price for pad thai is now $19. It used to be $15. It's now $19. Are you going to take the price of that menu item back down? No, no, probably not. You're probably not going to do that. Hmm. Always insightful. <sighs> Always fired Always up. Always insightful. You're like, wait a sec. Where's Fun Bruce? Yeah, Where I want a different fun answer. Bruce? <laughs> I, I want a different answer. I want less expensive pad thai. Yes, please. I know. That's, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll talk food next time because we, we were talking pizza earlier. We'll get mm -hmm. you just in a pure food talk because your last name is Celery. It's a little healthy. It is but, Celery. Yeah. It With is peanut celery. butter, I, I hope. Uh, yes, for sure. Peanut butter. And if you're going retro, a little bit of cheese whiz. Nice. Yes. Yeah. 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 We don't need those, uh, you know, ants on a log. Nobody wants those. <laughs> no. <roasts. laughs> um, anyway, uh, thank you so much, Bruce. We appreciate your time. My pleasure. Bruce Celery, CEO of Credit Canada. Find out more about what he does. He's got a couple of websites, moolala.ca, or of course, his official title with Credit Canada is at creditcanada.com. Food prices and food prices in Canada have been on the rise due to inflation and, and other factors. But when will these prices come back down to earth? MPs were questioned, uh, of course, uh, the grocery strain chains like Loblaw, Empire and Metro making record profits. Well, many Canadians struggle to put food on the table. Sylvain Charlebois, professor and director of the Agri-Food Analytics Lab at Dalhousie University, joins us now to shed some light on the, this issue. Good morning to you, professor. Good morning. Well, let's break this down. Uh, you know, Canadians, we, we've got these high prices that we're facing every time we put items in our grocery cart. Uh, why does it matter how much profit the stores make? Do we not just chalk this up to inflation and, and them passing down their higher costs to us? Why is it important that we dig into this? Well, I guess it matters now. It didn't matter a few years ago, <laughs> but now 
people are seeing higher prices uh, and they're directly affected by higher prices. So they're quick to blame the one component of the food chain that they actually fully understand, uh, and that would be the grocery business. The reality is that uh, the supply chain is uh, is a complicated thing, and a lot of things can happen. And I thought that the CEOs yesterday uh, did a good job uh, explaining to um, to MPs uh, how things actually work uh, in in food distribution. Uh, I'm not sure they were listening, but uh, they they got uh, a nice tutorial from. Uh, from Galen West and Michael Medline and Eric Laflesh on uh, on uh, food distribution economics. So, uh, you know, as a result of, of what was said yesterday, do, do you think greedflation is a thing when we look at these grocery chains and the, the top and the head honchos making a ton of money? Or is this just the reality of everything else kind of coming to home to roost? We, we personally don't see it. We've actually uh, studied uh, this whole issue of greedflation uh, twice. In fact, last night uh, during the session, a couple of numbers were thrown uh, to, to, to the committee, and all of those numbers came from, from our reports. So there's there's we don't see any evidence. Uh, in fact, Canada's food inflation rate is still one of the lowest among G7 countries. Uh, when you look at Loblaw's last quarter, uh, food sales are up 8.4 percent, uh, while food inflation is well above 10 percent. So they're trading water at best when it comes to food sales. They're making money selling lipsticks, T-shirt, and uh, and pharmaceuticals. Really, so that, that's the reality. Uh, now, that said, and and this is a big, big uh, point here. Uh, it's been a little cozy for for grocers in Canada, to be honest. So when you compare margins in Canada, even though they've been steady the last six, seven years, uh, they're double what they are in the U.S. If you look at Kroger or Albertsons, for example. So I think the issue is competitiveness, and uh, I don't think that. Uh, bringing in CEOs will actually provide any insight or answers to the committee, but I think the committee's number one focus should be about how to raise Canada's competitiveness when it comes to food distribution. I want to I want to bring it back to, and it's not to, to beat up on Loblaws, but you criticized the much touted price freeze that was implemented from those chains over the winter, and it ended kind of abruptly in January. Um, can you explain why you find it difficult to see how consumers gained? from that freeze over about the six week or eight week period? Well, this is so, uh, so Loblaw last year or this year rather uh, retailed the blackout period. So uh, I think you're alluding to the blackout period affecting the entire industry. And this is the one thing that didn't come up last night, which concerns me a lot. Uh, so for, for years now, vendors, uh, are not allowed to increase prices they charge to grocers for three months, from November to January. Now, Loblaw decided to freeze retail prices mm-hmm. to help us. Uh, and uh, Mr. Weston last night claimed that we saved $45 million as a result. That That is a possibility. We don't know for sure. But the practice, the blackout practice concerns me because we know that in October, before the blackout, Prices are jacked up by vendors, and it happens again in February once the blackout period ends, and we saw that again a few weeks ago. I, I'm, I'm wondering how consumers win, and, and if this blackout period leads to some some collusion. I mean, let's face it, there's a culture in the industry that really concerns me, uh, and we saw that with bread. And, and perhaps there are other things that should that would require some investigation. 
On that note, Professor, what do we do? How do we address the issue of food insecurity in Canada? How do we make sure everyone has access to affordable and nutritious food? Because it's getting to the point where that's not even possible for some. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think there are two things that we need to focus on. One is is our country's competitiveness. The reason why uh, discount grocers like Little Aldi have never invested in Canada is because Canada is just not attractive as a market to invest in. Uh, we saw what happened with Target. We saw what happened with Sears, Lowe's. Nordstrom actually announced last week that it was exiting the game market. We have huge interprovincial barriers in Canada. Our fiscal regime is super heavy. We have major laws around labor uh, between provinces. That's, I think that's, a, that's the real problem here. So MPs need to focus on that. Uh, the code of conduct to me is another uh, is another tool that we need, but also uh, we shouldn't forget that the Competition Bureau is working on its own study, which should be tabled in June. And my guess is that we we should see we could see some changes uh, in the Competition Act in Canada as a result of this study. And that's probably why grocers showed up last night in Ottawa to play nice. Okay, so you are the expert when it comes to these things, uh, Professor. Let's let's break this down. I know you've, you've chronicled there's so many different moving parts, but what will it take for us to see some significant relief? And how long are we looking, do you think, in your opinion, do we start to get some lower pricing uh, on the grocery uh, shelves? Uh I, I hate to say this, but you, you have to forget about lower prices. Uh, there's a new baseline here uh, when it comes to costs. Talk to anybody in the food industry. Uh, we're looking at a few years of higher prices upstream. And so my guess is that we'll keep uh, similar margins at retail, but consumers are going to continue to be affected. Uh, the, the inflation rate will actually drop and will continue to drop. No no, that's no doubt. I think by the end of this year, we should be around 3%, 4%. But lower prices, uh, you have to forget about that. It's, 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 this is a global phenomena, and uh, things are much tighter than they used to be. Hmm. That's a scary thought. Very, very Scott. Uh, somebody just texted in, Professor, and asked, why is nobody talking about the grocery problem related to the carbon tax? How, how much do you think the carbon tax is affecting prices at the grocery store? It's an hypothesis. Uh, it's a real hypothesis. In fact, when I testified before Parliament in December, before that same committee, I did raise the issue of the carbon tax. And what I suggested to the committee was to study uh, the impact of the carbon tax on food affordability in Canada. It hasn't been done yet. And now on April 1st, we know that the carbon tax is, is, uh, is rising again. And it's going to rise every year until 2030, up to $170 a metric ton. That's a significant amount, and so that's a burden that we put on the food industry that is, that is hidden from consumers. And consumers need to know exactly how that carbon tax is impacting food affordability overall. So it's a good question. Wow. We covered a lot of ground, and uh, thanks for your insight, mm -hmm. Professor. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Take care. That is Professor Sylvain Charlebois, Director of the Agri-Food Analytics Lab at Dalhousie University.
If you're feeling gouged at the grocery store, we've got a cart comparison for you. Yesterday, we went shopping for the staples, milk, bread, cheese, eggs, and ground beef. Well, the morning show team hit four different grocery stores to figure out where you and we will get the best bang for our buck. And we've got the results for you. We have uh, Reese Schaefer, Mornings with Sue and Andy producer with us, Dave McIver, Andy and I here. We all went to the grocery store. We all bought the same items. But different prices, obviously. Who do we want to start with? Andy, looks like you're at the top of the list. You want to go first? I'm not at the top of the list generally in life, but in this one I am. <laughs> and uh, we have to give full disclosure on a lot of these products. For example, ground beef, we looked at the price per kg and compared those with stores mm-hmm. and tried to, to, to uh, bottom line it to one pound of ground beef. We also went with 2% milk, for example. The uh, sales, if there are sales, we mark them on our list, but mm-hmm. we did include that because in the real world, if you go in and the product, product you're always buying is on, or happens to be on sale, bonus, you're going to take advantage of that. Yeah. We did not take into account things like, and you brought this up, Sue, which was huge because it happens, you get the two for one, or buy two, get a deal, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so you could make the dollars stretch further if you're buying more. We get that. We took just the basic price per yes, one item. absolutely. So... At Safeway, I got the ground beef, a little over seven bucks. The eggs were four fifty nine a dozen. Milk four forty nine. The cheese was on sale. We went with Cracker Barrel brand at six dollars forty seven. The bread, three eighty nine. My total, twenty six dollars sixty two cents for these five staple items. So Safeway twenty six sixty two. I went to the superstore. Ground beef, a little less than you, five twenty per pound. Eggs three eighty nine, also cheaper. Milk more expensive. Five seventy nine. The cheese, mine was on sale, same price, six forty seven. Bread, three forty nine. Could have gotten them cheaper if I bought two. My total at the superstore, twenty four eighty four. So we're at Safeway, twenty six sixty two, superstore, twenty four eighty four. Superstore seems to be a really good deal so yes. far on the list here. And I went to Wally Marches here across the street. And ground beef, as I mentioned earlier, was slim pickings there at Walmart. So for me, I got one pound of ground beef for five ninety seven. dollars um, A dozen eggs, they were actually the great value store brand eggs, were on at three eighty eight. Um, milk Dairyland at four forty three. Best cheese. price for milk so far. Is that the best price for milk? Yeah. Wow, okay. And cheese, I think the worst price right here for the Cracker Barrel cheese was eight. 48 at Walmart. So that's a bit steep compared to everyone else. Bread at 297. Like you said, Sue, I could have got it cheaper. If I bought two, I could have got it for 550, which I probably would have done and thrown it in the freezer, mm-hmm. right? And then um my grand total for all that uh, that sum is 2573. So so far, superstore least expensive, yeah. then Walmart, then Safeway, Dave McIver. So at the co-op mm. down in Cory Park yesterday. Yeah. And uh well, started off with my bread, Wonder Bread, three dollars ninety nine cents. Uh, my ground beef was nine dollars and twenty cents. My Cracker Barrel cheese was seven dollars and ninety nine cents. My milk, Dairyland, two percent, four forty nine, and uh, my eggs. Now, I think I might have gone a you know a little bit with the more expensive eggs because I looked at the uh, free run or free range brown eggs and they were $7.19 for a ground total of Sue because I sent it over to you. $32.86. Wow. So co-op by far the highest. And yes, even including a little bit more for eggs, but still the highest prices for sure. So just to wrap it up, those were a lot of numbers, but uh, most expensive in our, this is just the five items we chose, co-op most expensive, and then it was Safeway, then it was Walmart, and then Superstore coming in at the lowest on those five basic items. I'm just looking here, and from the highest to the lowest, which was the co-op to, to Superstore, that's a $12 
and two cent difference. That's a big deal. When you look at that cart for those five staples. Yeah, to your point, in, in all fairness to, to, to co-op, if you went for some foo-foo-y eggs, that's, but, but that's one item out of five. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, the the most expensive item I think uh, that was the difference maker. I think at co-op compared to you guys was probably my ground beef, mm, yeah, uh, being nine twenty for a pound. So, uh, yeah, it's it's certainly worth shopping around. And and I, if you can buy in the bigger packs, in the bulk packs, and then break up the the ground beef and freeze it for sure. Or as Dave was going to say here, use some sort of apps, different things, cut some coupons, and figure out how to shop for those best prices. Yeah, there's a couple apps you can use. Uh, the Flip app, F-L-I-P-P, and essentially what it does is you, you know, you can either use your postal code or your location, and they'll tell you, hey, here's, you pick what foods you want, and then they'll give you the flyers and the stores, and they'll give you the flyer right on the Flip app. They do the same thing on the Rebe app, and uh, that's where you can at least find some deals when it comes to your grocery shop which is becoming ever more expensive. Texter Chris agrees with you saying the flip app as well.